0: Whether you're full-time, part-time, bivocational, or volunteer, if you have a heart for students, this is the place for you.
1: Welcome back to another episode of the Student Ministry Matters podcast. We're thrilled that you've chosen to download and listen as we continue the conversation about student ministry. Now, in today's podcast, we're going to continue talking about a powerful little word, no. Uh, Last week, we talked about some reasons that you might want to say no, or that you might even need to say no in your ministry setting. Uh, But today, we're going to talk about saying no to parents, which can be tricky, but it's something that we need to talk about and think about before we get into those situations. And so I'm here with my friend, Chris Vines. Hey, Dan. No. Oh no! Already, Ready? really?
2: <laughs> Already, no. All right.
1: <laughs> you know, I was just talking with my pastor right before I recorded, and um, he he was asking, "Can we make the words bigger?" on the back screen. And then all of a sudden I realized I'm going to have to say no, because I think they're as big as they get. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's a tricky situation. It
1: man. is a very tricky situation.
2: We're going to get into that conversation in the upcoming weeks too, though, right? About that's true. About to say no to our lead pastor.
1: Yeah, there are going to be times. So we're going to talk more about that n- next time with uh, Chris's pastor. And we're excited about that, or at least I am. Now, Chris may have some reservations about having his pastor there. No. No. Okay. There we go. There's the word again. Well, I'm, looking All
2: right. to it. I'm looking forward to it. I like saying no to Cliff, um, but I think he likes saying no to me more.
1: You so. know, that's what I, I, I've run into that over the years. Well, again, the word no is very powerful. It's very needed. Because many of us who serve in ministry, we are people pleasers. We want to help people. We want to love on them and care about them. But we have to realize there are times when we're going to have to simply say, no, I I can't do this. And some of these things are going to relate back to what we talked about last week and maybe even look forward to what we'll be talking about next time. But it is important for us to think about these things. But before we get into our conversation, I want to thank our podcast partner, Central Baptist College of Conway. Central Baptist College is challenging, engaging, and inspiring. It's a great place if you have a student who's trying to figure out what the next step in their educational journey is. And so have them check it out at cbc.edu. Now, there's all sorts of good things going on in education right now as I've looked across the state. CBC has a a great program called BMA promise. So if you're a part of one of our churches, there's a way tuition can be supplemented to the where the point you're not even paying for tuition. And so you have to be a residential student. You can't do that online, but it is an exciting thing to watch and to see. And so we just want to have you check out cbc.edu. Well, Chris, no is a big word. We say it to our kids a lot. I know that you probably have said it to your children at least once or twice.
2: Oh, yeah. Absolutely. What are some things that uh, require a no a lot? Oh, boy. Daddy, can I borrow the chainsaw? No. <laughs> no. Daddy, can I can I burn this old something, another, on top of everything else? Sometimes that's actually a yes, but a lot of times it's like no, right? Uh, and then uh, let's see. What's another one? What's another one? Oh, man. I had a good one and I just, it just left me. Oh, oh, uh, daddy, can I have your box of cereal? No, <laughs> my cereal. <laughs> so, absolutely. But no, yeah, we say no to kids all the time. I say no to mine. I said no to them at least 10 times yesterday.
1: I'm sure. All right. Now, listeners, you got to remember uh, Chris's kids fall in that 10 and under category. Is that where they're at right now? Yes. Yeah. There's the yes for the 10 episode. 10. So, my 10 kids. 10. My kids are a little bit older, and so I've gone through all sorts of stages of the word no. I have uh, said no when they wanted to do some of the things that uh, Chris was talking about. I've said no when they wanted to go out and stay out later to go to a concert or to go to something that I th- thought uh, they're not quite ready for it. Uh, but, you know, as, as a youth pastor, as a student ministry worker, we have to say no to all sorts of things. And as we mentioned last time, we talked about how it really helps protect us and the longevity of our ministry and some of our own health and, and some things like that. Uh, but it gets a little bit trickier when we're talking about parents. We love our parents. Um, they're great, uh, but they can also be a bit of a challenge on occasion, uh, certain parents. Um, You may have had one or two of the over your years of ministry, and if you haven't, you probably will at some point have one of those come into your your ministry. So we want to just talk a little bit about reasons to say no to a parent, and then maybe just how to say no uh, to a parent as we think about this today. So, Chris, let's uh, look at this first one that we have, um, a reason that you might say no to a parent.
2: Yeah. Uh, and before I say that, let me just go ahead and just kind of say something that's very obvious to our listeners is I'm in a very creaky chair. And if I'm, I'm trying not to move too much, but if you can hear creaks, it's not my bones. It's not Dan's bones. It's it's my old chair that I'm sitting in. So anyway, but yeah, the first reason that we've got uh, that we want to talk about in, in order to say no to a parent. And just to be clear, we're not talking about our personal parents. We're talking about parents of kids in our youth group. Uh, is, you know, when a, when a request comes from them that expresses, you know, wrong expectations uh, of us or from us, uh, that might be uh, kind of fitting into two categories unbiblical or um, unrealistic. So, in other words, they're, they're coming from bad expectations. That request is coming from bad expectations on behalf of the parent toward us, uh, would be one reason why we would say no. Uh, to a parent, all right. So that's going to take a little bit of explaining, but that's our first one: is bad expectations for the youth pastor.
1: The area of expectations is something we all deal with. I mean, there's just no way around it. Um, we invite somebody new to join in the ministry. We immediately think that they're going to fill this position and do these things and do it in the same way. I mean, you may have a parent who's looking back at the previous youth pastor, or two youth pastors go, or even maybe the youth pastor that they had when they were in the youth group, and think, oh, that's how it's done. Well, is it a biblical approach to ministry? And I think that's a really key thing. Um, Chris and I both believe that the Word is sufficient for teaching. It is sufficient for correction, for all of those things, and that's where we need to start. So what does ministry look like in regard to the Bible? So how could uh, a parent ask a question that might be unbiblical? What were you thinking there, Chris, as we
2: talked about Yeah, this? so, well, I want to start first with, and, and so I hear that question. This What I'm about to say is not necessarily falls in line of, of unbiblical, but it, it comes with, uh, it does fit in the category of a bad expectation. So I remember it was probably within the first three months of me coming to uh, Garrett Memorial Baptist Church, and I've been here for almost 10 years now, but I remember a, a parent Coming up to me after church one Sunday morning and expressing to me his involvement with over the last several years and also his desire for a black light ministry in the church. And he was thinking really a, a 90s idea of youth ministry, uh, where, you know, we used to see at, at all the camps and at different events. You know, black light presentations where you've had you had skits being played out and all that kind of stuff. And don't get me wrong, they're they're fun. I, I had, I mean, if you've never been to one or never seen one, you know, kind of this drama enacted out underneath black light. Then you know, they, they some of them were kind of cheesy. I'll be honest, but then yeah. others were they they were they were good. They they when they when they fit into what was ultimately trying to be accomplished. And but anyway, so he had that idea, and and I didn't I didn't like you know, just completely disliked the whole ministry idea. Like, I think there was some good intent there, but he wanted to know if if he could come in and, and basically run his blacklight ministry uh, within the youth ministry. And so um, it didn't take me long at all to to kind of realize that he didn't really want to support what the church was trying to do. Mm-hmm. as much as he wanted the church to support what he wanted to do. Right. And, uh, and so for that reason, I said, no. Well, as a result, he and his family no longer attended our church. You know, mm-hmm. now was it because of me? Um, was, it, was it because of my no? Maybe. I, I have no idea. Um, I, I didn't say it in an ungentle way. I just, you know, I just said, no, we're, we're not going to go that direction. And uh, And I remember that being a big deal for me, especially as a young youth guy. Um, who, I mean, was fresh on new soil. And, and here's, here's a family that's got uh, a teenager and, and, you know, you want to say yes. You want to make people happy and all that sort of thing. But that one directly went against a, an expectation that I had for the student ministry at, at our church and, and where I ultimately wanted to lead them. Um, and I wouldn't say that, that, that his black blacklight ministry was unbiblical, but it was against what we wanted to do as a church. And so for that reason, you know, I said no. But I think, you know, there's other categories that fall into that. So if we get into that unbiblical, you know, stage or that unbiblical category, there's a lot of times certain speakers or even like Christian music artists who mm-hmm. uh, who are very popular in our culture today. And and parents have heard maybe them mentioned on K-Love or some other popular. You know, uh, media platform, and and they see that they're coming to a town near near you, and and they they ask you, hey, uh, this looks like a fun opportunity for our kids. I would be willing to go to this. Would would you promote this and and let's do a youth event, you know, uh, or a youth trip to go see these people? And you know that those are not people that you want your kids to be. Um, sitting underneath to hear them teach. Um, you know that their songs are not coming from a uh, from a place of truth as much as they are from um, a, a misinterpretation of God's word and, and whatever it is. But in other words, you, you put it in this category. Well, they, they're not following God's word the way that we as a church believe. Uh, and so for that reason, that's an appropriate no. Yeah. But that's just one example. What do you think, Dan?
1: Well, I I think you're right. I think that is that is a good place to look at it because they've heard speakers, they've heard groups, they've seen events, and they want their student to be involved in that in some way, but they haven't taken a deeper look at it. They may want you to even uh, study a certain thing. They may want you to um, use a certain book as a part of your ministry. All of those can fall into that expectation that, well, at the end of the day, is an un- unbiblical one, yeah. um, and it happens, and you have to say—you have to put a firm no to it. Yeah. Now, and we'll talk more as we go with next uh, our next episode, but you've got to have your pastor's support in this process. If you had said no to this man early on, and they had left, and your pastor just was furious, um, it could be a problem. There are things that we need to discuss there, but at the same time, its if it's going to be unbiblical, if it's unrealistic, we can say no to that parent. Yeah. The second thing that that we want to look at is maybe when a request from those parents interferes with our own family care. Um, when we're looking at our, our kids and they're, they, they just don't seem to see them. Uh, the parents don't. They don't see our own children. They don't see our own wife in that process. They just see us as the hired gun to take care of. Their student and the students that are around them, yeah. um, you know. I think about us having to modify maybe a, a vacation, and we we do. Uh, and those of us in ministry, we shape when we go on vacation around some of the big events already. But if they are going to have an event for their own child, this other this parent, and they expect us to be there, but we already have plans for a trip, if we have. A child who is in band or choir or has a big spelling bee that we just really need to be at and they can't understand that we need to be there for them, um, then there's a problem. And yeah. so we can say no to things like that. Yeah, It's not easy and it's, it's never a whole lot of fun, at least for me. I'm by and large non-confrontational and I don't like saying no to parents, but... Um, I've got to remember at the end of the day, at the end of the year, at the end of my own kid's
2: childhood, uh, they're going to look back and see how I took care of them. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and kind of with all that, you know, and, and, and we'll get right into what you just said, but I think, I think we all know this to be true that like how we say no matters as well, It um, you know, just in terms of tone of voice and just that whole conversation. Um, and so, I don't want any listener out there to be thinking that that we're just, you know, using this word no in a uh, haphazard kind of way or in a flippant kind of way. Um, There is there is some tact that needs to be involved uh, whenever whenever saying the word no. And and just to go back just a a minute, you know, in that conversation about the 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 black light situation, you know, uh, one of the first things that I did. And and this was mainly because I just didn't I didn't know I'm not going to chalk it up to me being so wise, but I went to my pastor and I said, Hey, here's, here's so-and-so and and they're asking me this. I'm like, can you let me know? Do you know anything about this? Like, is this, has this been a thing here? Is this, is this, you know, all this, in other words, I I try to get his wisdom on the situation. Mm -hmm. And before I ever said no, I had his backing. I had his, his blessing, if you will, um, and his opinion on the matter. And, um, and, and, just had a a fuller understanding of the situation, you know, in this regard, the second thing that you're talking about, Dan, you know, when when parents begin to uh, ask things or expect things of you that are interfering with your, your, your personal family, you know, this is a tricky one because I mean, ministry is with people. You know, right. we, we're not it just is. spending 40 hours a week in an office somewhere reading a book. And and I would say that if you are, if, if that's what you're doing, if that's your idea of ministry of, of all you do is just spend 40 hours a week in an office reading um, and studying, then you need to rethink the idea of ministry. Uh, now, I'm not saying that at all to say that that study and reading and uh, preparing to preach is unimportant. If you've listened to us for any length of time, you know that it's the exact opposite. We care deeply about preaching God's word and studying truth in order to communicate truth clearly. However, ministry is um, a lifestyle type job. And so uh, you don't plan, and this, I don't mean this in a crude way, but you don't plan for church members to die. You, you mm, don't put yeah. that on the calendar and, and you don't plan for people to get sick. You don't you don't plan for those things, but you allow for those things. And and part of being in ministry is you actually leading your family and helping your family begin to understand that this is the role and the job that God has called you to. Um, now that does not mean that um, that we jump to every uh, every beck and call of. Of parents or of any church member for that matter. So I think in this conversation, while it is kind of tricky, I think it is something that we can think clearly about and with wisdom in, in how we maybe uh, prepare for certain situations. So for instance, you, you talked about, you know, maybe being on a trip and uh, or having a planned trip and then something, you know, say a funeral or something like that falls in that category. I think you can go ahead and begin to mentally prepare in in the in the case of that kind of situation, and even prepare your family, saying, "Hey, look, if this were to happen, here's how we're going to handle that." And if you have, you know, a senior pastor in in the mix, you can already begin discussing that with him and say, and just have that kind of conversation sometime. Hey, in the event that this happened, um, how did how do you expect me to respond? You know, in in this kind of situation, in other words, do you expect me to leave my family, you know, on the beach or in the mountains or at the retreat center or wherever we are and then come back immediately for this? Um, Is that the expectation of parents? So in other words, you can kind of head some of that off um, so that the word no becomes a little bit easier. Um, And that's that's why I'm getting I'm I'm going through all of that, because if that kind of thing happened and you've already done some pre-planning and pre-work in terms of how you're communicating to your family and having those conversations with your pastor or even with certain parents previous, then, you know, you can then have some freedom to say no in that moment and not feel guilty about it and not feel bad about it or feel like you're letting your church down sort of thing, because. We know this, that a lot of times we, we've heard that phrase where, you know, kids, our kids are, how does it go, are sacrificed on the altar of the church. Right, right. You know, and, uh, and every time I say yes to, uh, to, a, to a family or to a kid, to a teenager's, you know, band, music recital, football game, basketball game, I've got to be thinking, what am I saying no to in my family? It might be I'm saying no to a family dinner around our table. It could be I'm saying no to a sporting event that my son is at. Um, and and so we have to think in those terms, or at least I do at least, um, in terms of if I say yes to this family, how is that interfering with my role as a husband and as a father?
1: That's good, Chris. As we think about these things, it's just important to have our are, are no ready. You know, we're not having this episode so that you can load up your verbal shotgun and put in those no shells and just ready to fire. I mean, that's not the point. Yeah. In fact, it's more about us being ready to say no so that we can definitely say yes when the time is appropriate. I had a student who sent me an invite. For uh, one of his concerts, it had just come up and it, he didn't, I didn't know about it until 24 hours before. And so, you know, that's a whole thing, but he's a seventh grader. And so for him to send me an invite from him, I was like, all right, well, I've already committed to this other thing. Is there a way I can do both? Because I want to, I want to say yes to him. And my first, my first answer was no, because I had already made a commitment. But I was able to to shift some things around, and and really enjoyed being there. And I'm excited about. He's even asking now. Hey, can we? Can I be in the worship team? Can I play my cello there? And I'm I'm super excited about it. Uh, but all of that again, the idea of saying no is so that we're ready for it, but it also frees us up to say yes. Mm-hmm. Um, what we've we've talked about uh, when a request expresses wrong expectations, when a request request Interferes with the youth pastor's own family care. Uh, our third thing is that when a request goes against personal convictions, um, Chris. As we got ready for this podcast, you shared the perfect example of this. So why don't you just go ahead and share that with our listeners?
2: Sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, one of the personal convictions that I hold is that um, I will I will protect uh, my. Um, my reputation as a faithful husband. Uh, I will protect my reputation as a um, as as someone who who loves Sydney and um, and loves her alone. And so, what stems from that is, you know, just one thing at least is, I, I do not I do not ride in vehicles alone with anybody of the opposite sex unless there is. You know a group of us you know or a third party present to hold each other accountable So what that means is if a parent were to call me on a Wednesday night saying hey um, I got stuck at work and I'm not going to be able to pick up my daughter would you be willing and able to give her a ride home um, My immediate answer to that is no I I, I personally won't be doing that alone uh, now I can then, Try to make arrangements for the situation. It's not to say, no, she's just left hung out to dry. You're going to have to come get her. But that's an easy no for me because of a personal conviction that I hold and, and a policy that I've put in place.
1: You know, I have a parents who understand that, that no. Um, in fact, uh, we had an event just recently and it took some, I don't want to say gymnastics to get things right because of driving back and forth in other places, but they were all willing to do that. And so I think that if you you approach your parents and they understand those convictions, that they're willing um, to, to help you in that regard and just making it clear. That's an important thing. But, and there may be other things, but when a request goes against those personal convictions, you want to make sure that you say no to that. Um, And then number four, when a request goes against the established mission and vision of the church, um, that can be an issue. And primarily what I was thinking here is that when we are looking at our ministry long-term, we're thinking about how are we going to approach our ministry? Are we going to be about expository preaching? Are we going to uh, be about the Word? Um, Or are we about good times and... You know, just fun things and surface level messages. I mean, that's an extreme, but we have to make sure that we're staying on page, uh, the same page as as our church as a whole, and then what we've established as the way we're going to do things in our ministry. And so sometimes those requests can come in, and they kind of go back to what Chris was talking about with going to a conference or going to a speaker. Um, that doesn't quite line up with what we want. Or it could be simply, well, you guys don't have lock-ins. You guys don't have parties. You need to have those. And is that the mission of your ministry? You want to have fun. You want to have activity. But uh, we've got to make sure that we, we stick within that same parameters of the church. I mean, our mission at Calvary is very simple. Uh, We are a great commandment and a great commission church. And so if I'm doing anything that's outside of that, if I am not instructing our students to love God and to love others and then to make disciples, then I'm missing the mark. And so now, again, there's still the fun time. There's still the fellowship piece that we want to incorporate, but that comes in with loving people. And so we just want to make sure that we don't go against whatever Our vision, well, not just the vision, but really our mission—the heartbeat of what we're doing with our our group. Uh, Chris, anything you want to add there?
2: No, I think that's I think that's well said, and I mean, you know, we talked a little bit about this last week. Uh, This really offers a a lot of freedom for uh, for a pastor um, to to be able to to lead and to shepherd his people um, the way that God would want us to right. um, whenever we, whenever we think in terms of the values that we hold as a church um, mm-hmm. and and then to be able to thoughtfully organize and create and run events or just anything ministry wise, uh, according to those values. In other words, to yeah. be able to draw a line back to a, to the mission or to the vision of the church, like you said, which then, you know, what flows out of that are the values of a church and 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 then when people ask the question hey why do you do that you can give them a uh, a value based answer uh, and when people say hey why why don't we do this you can give them a value based answer uh, and those values of course are biblical hopefully yeah. um, and and that would be the same thing when when you know in regards to the previous uh, reason when it comes to our personal convictions uh, we, we need to make sure that our personal convictions are not just uh, personal things that we like, rather that they are truly convictions from uh, the Word of God. Uh, so in other words, it's traced back to here's what God says. Yeah. Uh, here's how He has uh, told me to live. And this is the standard by which I am attempting to do so, according to and in, 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 the, in the grace of God. So, um, again, I, I like having reasons for why. I I like having reasons for why not. And I believe that when we think about the vision and the mission of our church, that really gives us good reasons for our yes. It also gives us good reasons for our no.
1: And I think it's important that we take time to write some of this stuff down so that it is well communicated. It can be A pamphlet. It can be, you know, a little flyer that you give to parents as they come into the ministry. But if you'll just take the time and communicate it well and communicate it often, (laughs) then there won't be any question. Um, If they don't uh, like the the approach the ministry is taking, um, then guess what? They're going to talk to the pastor, and um, then the pastor will have a choice whether to back you up or to not. And so that's where. It, it starts playing into this whole relationship with your pastor. But yeah. uh, just communicate those things well.
2: Yeah. Um, oh, I'm sorry. I, oh, no, go ahead, Chris. I was just going to say, you know, it's also wise to, you know, a lot of times, even in, in our small youth groups, um, it's wise to have a good volunteer base. It's wise to have good people um, who, who understand this as well, who understand the, the mission and the vision of the church and how the the youth ministry, uh, your family ministry, how that all aligns with that, um, and who you can communicate to on a regular basis about those things. Mm, so, yeah. Uh, and, and this is not just you gathering up a posse who agrees with you. This is <laughs> this is you having built in accountability and and built in protection when it comes to some of these things. For instance, uh, in, in two regards, one. Back to the personal convictions um, and that particular example of, you know, I have a no-ride policy with uh, someone in the opposite sex. My volunteers know that. I've let them know that so that they can protect me from that situation and Mm, it can be helpful. So in other words, I've got adults there Wednesday in and Wednesday out. And in every situation that we have an event where I've communicated to them personally, hey, look, here's, here's how you help me. Here's how you serve the ministry. And, and it helps them to know that them just being there and just standing around and being present, hanging out with kids actually is a great way to serve. In other words, they don't have to have a broom in their hand or be behind a, a serving desk. Like you're helping me tremendously with your presence. Um, and and this is one of the ways that you particularly can protect our ministry, our church and, and me and, and you know personally is making sure that I'm not ever left alone in a situation with, you know, a teenage girl alone, you know, only and that sort of thing. And, and then also I communicate, you know, make sure that we as volunteers, cause I've got men and women volunteers that that's something that we 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 uh, avoid as well. So I'm just saying that like that's built in, they know that. And then they, mm. they begin to find, like, they protect me. They notice when that situation might be coming, even before I do, And I'm so thankful for that. They step in, they, they linger, they stay around. They ask me, Hey, does so-and-so have a ride yet? That sort of thing. But then also these people, they, they know the why behind the events that we do. Um, and so, or, or the why behind just what we do on a regular Wednesday night, you know, not just events. And, um, and, and so, Uh, I'm not the only one who can give the answer for, Hey, why are, why is the youth ministry doing that? You know, I've got, there's other people who can give that answer. So I would just say, you know, if you're in a spot where it seems like you're all by yourself, um, one, I would just, I would begin praying, Lord, show me people in my church who I can ask to come and just be this kind of help for me um, and for the, for the protection of, my own ministry, but for the protection of the church um, and, and for really the good of all people involved. Um, and so that would be just a kind of a real practical step, um, I would suggest, if you haven't taken, um, or maybe you have taken certain a uh, step in that direction, I would say keep doing that and trust that uh, that's a good thing.
1: Yeah, what's great is that if you communicate well to not only your parents and your team, Um, you may not have to say no quite as often because they'll say no for you. Yeah. And that can be really helpful (laughs) because then you're able to just kind of fall into the pattern of, okay, this is what we do. This is how we do it. Um, And they will, I I love how you mentioned protect you. So, well, we want to wrap up today by just talking very briefly about how to say no to a parent. It can be a challenge because they come with these wrong expectations or they come with requests that, you know, inside we're going, you're crazy, okay? There's no way I'm doing that. But uh, we can't show that. We can't let them see <laughs> that process that's going on in our mind. So how do we say no? Well, it's a simple process. We want to be respectful. Um, these are people that God has placed in our care. If we're one of the pastors of the church, God calls us to pastor them as well and to help them in that process. Uh, The second is to show love. You're never going to go wrong by showing love. And so if you can express love and let them know that your answer is based in love, you know, uh, the personal conviction one. I know we keep going back to that, but I think it's a great example because it covers a lot of these. I am showing love not only to my reputation and my ministry, but I'm showing love to that student. I don't want to put them in a wrong place and and put them in a bad situation. I love them enough to make sure that we're going to not have a situation there. And then the third is just give reasons, as we've talked about. Communicate those reasons well when appropriate. Now, that's the the heart or the heat of the moment maybe isn't the place if if that conversation got a little sideways. Uh, But it is important to to say why. When it is appropriate. So, well, Chris, we want to wrap up today. We've talked about saying no um, reasons last week, just why we may have to say no in some situations. But this week we've talked about specifically about parents because, uh, you know, I've heard people say youth ministry would be easy if it wasn't for the parents. I don't want to think that (laughs) I want to show love and respect to their parents and help them understand we are partners in this whole process. Uh, We're helping you as you disciple your, your children. And uh, we want to give them respect and love in that process. So,
2: well, Chris, anything that you
1: want to add as we wrap up today?
2: Yeah, I would just say, you know, in, in regards to that last thought, um, youth ministry family ministry wouldn't exist if it weren't for parents so that's right um, praise god that he instituted the family and and that he has entrusted to um, to uh, to us the the amazing uh, ministry of of Uh, being able to shepherd and lead and, and, and help in this way. And so I don't say that with any kind of boasting, um, but with great humility. And so it's an honor to do that. There are difficulties, absolutely. Um, and there are times that we need to say no. And there's also times, and this is, this opens up maybe a door for a future conversation. There's also times where we ourselves need to receive a no. Mm. Um, but probably a final thought that I would just say in terms of how to say no is, Don't automatically assume the worst. That's good. So a lot of times we get offended too easily (laughs) because we assume that maybe somebody's just out to get us or somebody's trying to run our show. Or in other words, like we've have to, we have to take a, a step back and assess the situation and not assume that a request or, you know, anything coming from a parent is from a bad spot. In fact, it's oftentimes the opposite It's coming from good intentions that they just maybe haven't thought of in ways that you have. Maybe, you know, they're not sitting at their desk at work thinking about all the ins and outs of um, this particular Christian music artist. They just have heard a song and, and they've heard so-and-so talk about this person. And then they think, yeah. you know what, that would be fun. And, um, and they haven't thought about it the way that maybe you have. And so don't automatically assume the worst, because when we do that, oftentimes our no becomes very ungentle. Um, we, we 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 tend to to say no the wrong way. But whenever we um, take a step back and don't assume the worst, I believe then um, we we begin to make good paths forward instead of building up, you know, just blockades. So. Um, and the final thought in that is just trust the Holy spirit. All right. Mm. He, he is the one who, um, produces the fruit that we need in the exact moment. And, and sometimes that's a, that is a gentle answer. Other times it's, it's one that, um, must be a little bit more firm, but is also always self-controlled. So trust the Holy spirit to, to lead you and guide you walk in step with him. And he will, won't ever lead you in a wrong direction.
1: That is a great place for us to wrap up. And so listeners, thank you so much for being a part of the conversation today. As we thought about something that uh, you may have struggled with, say no, Uh, but just understand that saying no to certain things allows you to say yes to others. And so we, we want to protect our ministry. We want to protect our students and so sometimes a no is a very important thing. Let me encourage you that if you have, um, haven't written a review, if you haven't shared our podcast with another student ministry worker, do those things. That helps us as we just try to, to share this conversation, get uh, more of us connected. And that's what it's all about for us. And, and we do these things. We get connected. We learn more. We grow in our faith and ministry. Why? Well, we do it because student ministry
0: matters. Thanks for listening to the Student Ministry Matters podcast. Get connected at studentministrymatters.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Student Ministry Matters. Until next time, keep up the great work with your students because the work matters.